This is the happy hour. You guys want a happy hour? Coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America. Yeah, I'll maybe I'll come for a couple. Here are your hosts, Nick Sainert. I want to know what it's like to commit a crime without having to spend time in jail. And Enrique Alvarez Cleary. C is for chunk. Brought to you by Empire Fence and Netting on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome into the happy hour, 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. Nick Sainert and Rico joining you as usual. Rico, happy Friday, my man. Hello. Happy Friday to all and to all a great weekend. How is the uh, How's the day going? So far, so good. Getting good. a lot of stuff done pretty quickly. That's good. Um, was planning on leaving up to go. Like we're we're going up north for the long weekend. Nice. We're planning on leaving after work, but it might be easier to just take the kids in Wait the morning. Tomorrow. Yeah, just in the morning when they're still kind of sleepy, just throw them in the car and and head on up. Not literally throw them in the car, but put them in car seats. Obviously, yeah. we're safe. We're we're good parents. But. I'll, I'll be I'll being safe. Yeah, we had a great conversation with AD and Raf this morning about parenting. Yeah. Great conversation. As always, Nick for- not allowed to date 80's daughter, obviously. <laughs> That's which was never was never a thought as well. So um, it's fine. Four zero two four six four five six eight five. The Honda Lincoln Hotline, the Starter Heyman Text Line, both those open for you guys. The entire show today got a good one on deck for you. And I say on deck because it's going to be a a baseball centric show, and understandably so. I mean, baseball Nebraska hour. Nebraska suffers. Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll categorize. I'll say heartbreaking, absolutely yeah. heartbreaking loss um, yesterday uh, against the Maryland Terrapins. And at the end of the day, I mean, Shea Shanneman left a slider, maybe just a little bit too too much over the plate, too far over the plate. And give credit to Nick Larusso, the three hole hitter for the Maryland Terrapins. He was able to deposit it over the left center wall, barely, barely. It but just snuck over. I mean, you look back at that game, one pitch, one swing worse than Maryland and yeah. if you think back to the pitch right before that the pop up yeah. into the dugout well there was two one of them, the first one got a little bit uh, actually went into the bleachers into yeah. the into the spectator section but the one into the dugout yeah. was close enough where if yeah. the first baseman is able to get there in time he can lean over but the problem was you had three people running after this mm-hmm probably a lack of communication your catcher slides to get out of the way your pitcher's diving over the the rail and hits his just nails his legs on the padding and your first baseman's trying to stop your pitcher from flying over if if your first baseman's paying more attention to the ball he can probably catch that and then you avoid the home the walk-off home run well it's, it, and here's uh, nebraska had opportunities to score i mean they only they only record four hits but they did draw a decent number of free bases free walks right and and they had opportunities in the eighth and ninth inning, unfortunately, to score some runs and maybe put a little more pressure on Maryland. But hey, I mean, give credit to the Terrapins because in their number one seed in the in the conference for a reason, I suppose. Um, they got the job done, and their bullpen came in and and were able to you know blow blow some pitches by Nebraska. Um, with especially with the fastball, I mean, Falco uh, came in in the. Right when they started, then they brought in that Salva Cool dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, Salva Cool is their guy. He's their he's their better pitcher out of the bullpen, and he so some great names. He in the bullpen. he slammed the door shut. Salva Cool. Yeah. Can we guess where he's from? Salva Cool. Salva Cool. Is he from the United States? He is. 
He is from Salvacool. I believe his first name is Joe Salvacool. Oh, he's definitely from like Jersey. In New York. Oh. I looked I looked this up <laughs> last night. He's definitely from one of the I, new I looked, places I was going to say, I looked, I looked this up last night. Um, Joe Savacool. Yeah. Uh, New York. New York. Where? New York. Does it give just me says New else? York. He's, so, he's definitely from... Well, yeah, so Savacool came in, shut the door on uh, Nebraska, and, and now Nebraska has to bounce back and um, play Michigan State tonight, 7 p.m. During the... It was a bizarre game. It was just a really bizarre game. Um, you have the, the lightning delay, but before that, I was sitting up in the press box, and I turned to to the, the my buddies that are the guys that I was sitting with, I should say, and I it was the end of the fifth inning, and it was seven. It was like seven fifty-five p.m. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "This game started at six forty-three, and we are already through five innings of play by like seven fifty. Oh, so it's your fault. So I probably jinxed it a little bit. It's your fault. But you I, I, tur- I looked at and turned at him, and I was like, "Whoa!" I was like, "This game is flying by. It's a one-to-one ball game. Maryland just tied it up in the bottom of the fifth inning." Yeah, that's huge. But I was like, "They've they're they moving at a pretty good clip here." And you know, why do we need a pitch clock and all this stuff, right? But then just out of the blue, abruptly, they come on the field and, and Nebraska and Maryland players are just like slowly walking off and nobody knows what happens or what's happening until they put the graphic up on the big the jumbotron that says lightning delay. Due to inclement weather. And so you know, it was lightning delay, um a ninety three minute lightning delay that is. Long. Um yeah, so officially a 93-minute lightning delay. Did you ever see any lightning? Never saw lightning. The rain came down for about five minutes total. Like heavy or? No. No. They never put the tarp on the field. I, they, they laid out the tarp. We thought that they were going to go above and beyond because instantly they laid out the tarp. They put it. They just kind of halted it out in left yeah. field. Well, you got to be ready. Got to be ready, I suppose. But we thought, or I, we say, I say we, all of us up in the press box thought, oh, they're going to bring the tarp out and they're just going to immediately tarp the field. Mm-hmm. And that's automatically at least a 30 minute weather delay. Yeah. When they put the tarp, tarp out there. So left the tarp out in left field, which is good. Rain never, I mean, rarely came down. Um, I, like I said, it, it, it fell for about five minutes at, at Charles Schwab Field. And then. They just went out there all at once, and they rolled it up, and we were like, all right, let's play baseball. <laughs> let's get it going. And, and then the very next play or pitch, it's a double review where they where Nebraska grounded into what was called on the field as a double play, but uh, runner was ultimately called safe at second and out at first. So then you had like a five-minute review mm-hmm. on top of it. Shea Shanneman comes in. They got to fix the dirt on the mound because Shea Shanneman was slipping, and good thing they did because Shea had – I mean, it was vintage – Shea Shannon. He was pitching a gem when he came in um, up until, obviously, that that one point. But um, we are 0 for 2 in choosing the style of play that is going to take place for a Nebraska game at the Chuck. Yeah, yeah, probably. Probably we we are 0 for 2. Well, we said on on Wednesday. We said on Wednesday it was going to be small ball. But we also didn't, I think, expect 13 walks. By Rutgers on Wednesday, either. but even then, two two home runs, three three home runs, two there home were, runs. There were Nebraska. two two home runs yeah, on yeah. two home runs for Nebraska. That's not that's not small ball no, at all. Two no. two three run jacks, um, and then we were like, look, both teams hit for power. Nebraska's doing a really good job. We know what Maryland has coming in. Um, we're gonna see a maybe a high powered game. Yeah, and two to one. Well, then I thought there were I thought there was gonna be fireworks right off the bat because. Bryce Matthews steps up, first hitter of the game, and hits one 
same exact spot as Nick LaRusso hit the walk-off home run, just about four feet shorter. Mm-hmm. And when I talk tell you guys, I mean, LaRusso's home run barely cleared the wall. The, like there, there's a reason it bounced straight up, and I think it hit the top of the top of the padding. The jump was just just slightly mistimed. So I, I just think you know it's it's unfortunate. Um, Could you imagine if he would have caught that? Well, if Charles can, Schwab would have went berserk. If he catches that, Nebraska, I guarantee you Nebraska wins. That is I, a de- as deflating a feeling yeah, for Maryland as Nebraska yeah. had the walk-off. The walk-off home run getting robbed for yeah, what would have been, been the, been been the third out. It would have been the inning ending, yeah. So Mar- There's no way Maryland bounces back from that. I don't know, but I, I think now it's you look at it as how does Nebraska bounce back, right? That's the biggest question, and... Um, I guess we haven't previewed the show. We're going to be joined by the, one of the voices that you're hearing from Omaha this weekend in on the Big Ten Network, Connor Onion, the play-by-play voice for Big Ten Network, and ESPN is going to join us at 1.30 just to kind of talk about the Big Ten baseball tournament as well as the bigger picture, right? Because Big Ten's in an interesting spot right now where they have three teams with over 40 wins, and Iowa and Indiana have 41 apiece. And how does the Big Ten continue to get more respect nationally? I, I'm curious to get uh, Connor's thoughts as, as he's obviously been traveling week to week, going to different different stadiums and seeing the teams in the conference. And then we'll talk about the Big Ten baseball tournament as well mm-hmm. uh, in our conversation. But that bigger question now is how does Nebraska bounce back tonight against an eight-seeded Michigan State team who whose game got done at 6 p.m. last night? So, not only did Michigan State, yeah, they, they won yesterday to stay alive, but now they didn't have to, they, they weren't awake playing a baseball game until 11.30, and they didn't have the deflating type of loss that, they, that Nebraska did against Maryland. Do you think the Michigan State players stayed up to fin- to watch the end of that game? Well, there were, there were Michigan State personnel watching, I know yeah. that for sure. Well, obviously, um, you want to have some people to, to see who wins. I can but, also I can also confirm that they were cheering for Maryland because they definitely wanted to play Nebraska well, rather than Maryland. I mean, no no disrespect to Nebraska, but I would rather play Nebraska than Maryland. I suppose if so. I'm, if I'm one of those other Big Ten teams. So either way. Plus, they played Maryland pretty close, so you already know that you got a little something for them. Yeah. Go ahead and take a, a team that you haven't played this year, which found that out today. Nebraska didn't play Michigan State this year. Nope. They have not. Um... And obviously, I mean, as we've talked about throughout various shows, pitching's the biggest question. Um, Nebraska, if they could have, if they could have, could have won last night, it would have done wonders for the entire pitching staff. Uh, Emmett Olson and Jace, I mean, unbelievable performance from Jace Kaminska that I feel like maybe getting overshadowed a little bit by the by the fireworks and the walk off home run. Um, J- Jace Kaminska, we read off his his stat line earlier in the season. I want to say it was on May 6th against Maryland on the road in College Park. And he he got, I think he recorded four innings there. He threw close to 100 pitches and allowed seven earned runs and walked a couple guys. Last night, he gets through six innings of work. The seventh inning was in question. We didn't know if, I mean, he was he was rolling. Despite that leadoff double in the in the bottom of the fifth inning for Maryland, I mean, Jace Kaminska was was on a roll. He settled in after that that bumpy first inning. You know, you didn't know it was a thirty some pitch first inning, and you thought, oh no, if if Kaminska only gets through, you know, three innings here, 
this could be, I mean, just all hands on deck type of game for Nebraska. But he, he settles down, he limits the damage, and he ends up getting through six innings pretty, you know, relatively unscathed and allows just one run, allows seven hits or six hits, I believe. Six hits. So six hits, but also only walks two guys. And struck out five. Yeah. So I mean it's it was he he was that was the perfect definition of of pitching a contact. He got the the Matt Shaw, the Big Ten Player of the Year, the shortstop for the Maryland Terrapins, to pop up shallow right field a couple of times. He got their heart of the order to to just go down on on nice routine defensive plays that his his the guys behind him were able to make. So I unfortunately think that the one game where Nebraska's strength all season long has been their offense, the one game where they get probably one of the better performances from their starting pitcher when you take into account the stage and the opponents, right? Mm-hmm. Your offense kind of goes dormant. And it's, I, I suppose, it's the Nick, worst time Nick for the Dean, bats to go to sleep. Nick Dean, the Maryland starting pitcher last night, like nice performance from him as well. But a lot of times it's like, dang, you would have liked to at least been able to generate a little more offense than just one run for, for your starting pitcher who's holding the number one seed to, to just one run and, and six hits. He's allow, yeah, he's allowing Maryland to get the six hits, but he's keeping them. Uh, off of off of home plate and just keeping them running the bases and doing whatever, only gives up six hits, walks two, and and the way that your offense has been playing the record breaking offense that you've had all season, it, one of the worst times, especially like you said, you get a fantastic pitching performance uh, from somebody who the last time he faced this team gave up a ton of runs. You get mm-hmm. one of the better pitching performances for him this year, and of course it it comes in tandem with your offense falling asleep. Yeah, which if you were going to compare it to any other sport here at Nebraska, that's something that we've talked about with the Nebraska football team. It seems like for the last few years where one side of the ball shows up, the other side goes to sleep. Unfortunately, it happened in Nebraska on this big stage with a chance to sit in the driver's seat on the bottom half of that bracket and have two teams uh, battle it out to to try and beat you twice in a single day, which is, is pretty hard to do. Uh, now Nebraska's got to figure out a way to get past the Michigan State squad that mm-hmm. seems as, as even though they were the final team into the Big Ten tournament, it seems as if they have a little bit of momentum after that first, even though it was a loss, that first game against Maryland kind of helped them get to get going. Well, it's the, the, the game against Maryland that Michigan State fell in. Um, and then they beat the five-seed Rutgers, right? And Nebraska uh, had, you know, struggled, not struggled, but, you know, definitely had a tougher challenge with Rutgers uh, in the opening round that they were able to overcome. So Michigan State, despite being, as Rico said, the eight-seed, overcomes Rutgers and now plays Nebraska. And Nebraska or Michigan State will now have to face Maryland and, and potentially beat them twice if one of those two teams wants to get to the to the Big Ten championship game on Sunday, and we, I mean, we talked about it yesterday. That's why those, the Maryland Nebraska game, and then the top half of the bracket, the Iowa Indiana game, where Iowa came away victorious. I think they beat the Hoosiers nine to four yesterday. That's why those two games were so crucial, is because now you get the entire day off today, and whatever opponent you play tomorrow, whether it's number one seed Maryland or six seed Michigan, whoever it is. Now they have to beat you twice, right? Mm-hmm. And you're just set up so so much better, and there's so many more benefits, unfortunately, to having a day off later in the tournament. Um, Nebraska started a day later, but they also have to play now. It's going to be four straight days. Well, Wednesday through Sunday, if they want to make the, the, the Big Ten championship game on Sunday at 2 p.m. 
And so those winner bracket teams can afford to take more chances. Yeah. And, and probably leave a pitcher in a little bit longer because, oh, we've got a second game coming up. Obviously, you'd like to win the first one, get it mm-hmm. over with, but you have the benefit and the, the luxury of having a second game to play if if you let that first one slip away. So once again, 402-464-5685, the Honda Lincoln Hotline, the Sarder Heyman text line, both those open for you guys, as well as the Sarder Heyman Jewelers video stream, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. Uh, you can also find us on your television, Allo Cable Channel 951. We're there. We're locked and ready to go um, on, on the Allo channel as well. So Chase B sends in a text. He says, hey, Nick, what, what did you guys think about the pitch that hit Charlie Fisher that was called an out? Unfortunately, I, I didn't see that one. He, he, he leaned into it. Un- he? Unfortunately, leaned into it. Now, I also saw a lot of reaction where it was, hey, you know, if he didn't lean into it, the pitch was still going to hit him. But in that moment, you can't blame, I guess, Charlie Fisher specifically because you're sitting there as a batter going, all right, I got two strikes on me. I'm trying to at least keep the keep the lineup moving here, keep the train moving. Mm-hmm. And instead of striking out, let's just go ahead and if, if there's an opportunity for me to to take a pitch and get a free 90 feet, well, let's do it. Let's and so it. He, he ended up doing that. And obviously with those elbow guards, they don't hurt. Um, that's why you can hear it on the TV. It always cracks me up because you can hear like just the, the thud or the crack of um, the, the baseball hitting the elbow guard or whatever it may be. And it's like, dang, that they, they don't even flinch. Like it does not hurt them one it bit. It sounds like it should, yeah. But it's it seems as if there's a decent enough amount of padding to to keep the the pain from from getting to the elbow. So I just I, I think unfortunately it was the right call, and ultimately it was an out since it would have been since it was strike three. But uh, I don't know. I, I talked about you know somewhat the plate approaches earlier on the show today and it's it's sometimes it feels like at times um nebraska i don't want to say they're not looking to hit but you watch a maryland or you watch um some sec baseball and it's every 2-0 count when when it's going to be a fastball and when you have an idea that you're in a hitter's count you're swinging you're swinging and you're you're taking a healthy a healthy hack at it um and not i mean there's guys on nebraska's team that does that but it feels like once again Nebraska had guys at second base or in scoring position with two outs, and they would go down swinging with with a strikeout. They on on eighth or in the eighth and ninth inning, they had runners on in scoring position, and both of those innings ended as ended as a strikeout. Now you also had a guy in the mound who was pumping, you know, mid or lower nineties, ninety to ninety three is where I believe Falco was sitting at for the for the majority of his appearance last night. So yeah, it's a little bit, little bit more gas than maybe what Nebraska was was seeing earlier in the game from Nick Dean, but at the end of the day, um, I, I think if you're a team that wants to play in regionals, there's got to be some mid-game adjustments or even mid-at-bat adjustments that are made, and it's easier said than done. Um, I'm not oblivious to that, but felt like the, you know mid-game or mid-at-bat adjustments definitely, definitely. We're we're not there for just Nebraska fig- last night. Just figuring night. out a way to get to him. I mean, you, it's not like you haven't seen him before. It's not like this isn't some some first time that anybody's ever seen this guy get out there and start pumping in the high nineties. So, like you said, you've got to you've got to take some time in the middle of the at bat, or you know, a, a, as you're sitting in the in the uh, on deck circle or in the dugout, and you know you're going to get up there and you're going to mm-hmm. face him. 
you're, you're talking to the guy who just faced him. You're talking to somebody that's faced him before, and you're trying to figure out exactly, you know, maybe maybe trying to figure out what, what he likes to do, where he likes to put, put the ball, what, what his favorite spots are. And you realize, look, this is going to be faster. I need to make this decision quicker. But like you said, they're a little more passive in those 2-0 counts where they're not necessarily looking to to swing away and swing for the fences right away like a, like a Maryland or an SEC team. And like you said, there are some people who do do do, do that. But as we saw in that Rutgers game, they are Nebraska is more than content to take a walk. They're they're well, more than content to take those free bases instead of you know taking the bat off their shoulder and trying to crank one. It's such a fine line, also I think, because you don't you want to be disciplined, right, and have that that vision at the plate. But I think also you don't want to be Javier Baez and and swinging you know just at everything. Mm-hmm. And so there, there's such a fine line. There's a middle ground. I just felt like, you know, and give credit to, I guess, Maryland because they, they were making pitches, but Falco last night in the eighth and ninth inning, he couldn't throw anything. If you were to go back and watch Falco's appearance for Maryland in relief, he, he wasn't able to control anything other than his fastball. And so in a situation where there's a 2-0 count, a 3-1 count, um, even a 1-0 count at times, in, in, a, in a high-stress moment, players are going to throw and, and they're going to operate what makes them most comfortable, right? Whether that's rhythm on a, you know, I guess rhythm in terms of how long you're coming set for, mixing up timing, things like that. Well, what's what was comfortable for Falco on the mound last night for Maryland was his fastball. And, and time after time, Nebraska was unfortunately late on the pitch and or swinging and missing. And maybe they needed to get through the lineup one time to see Falco and, and then they'd be able to start making adjustments. But in the late stages uh, of, a, of a game, and especially a one-to-one ball game at that time, I mean, it was just... It, you're not going to get needed, that luxury. You needed, you needed every little bit of it. And as yeah, you're exactly right. You're not going to get that luxury uh, because unfortunately, I mean, just for Nebraska, Kaminska wasn't going to come back out on the mound, and rightfully so after the lightning delay, and, and Nick Dean wasn't going to come back out on the mound for Maryland after the lightning delay. So... Just, I mean, it's a disappointing performance. That's kind of how baseball is, though. Um, it was a really clean game for Nebraska, specifically. Maryland, I think, had two errors, but a clean game for Nebraska. No errors. Like I said, Kaminska only walks two guys through six innings of work. Shea Shanneman faces eight batters, and I think he threw 22 pitches total in his eight batters, and he just missed with one pitch. Just it was one. just that was the only hit that Shea Shanneman gave up in his two and two thirds uh, innings of work last night, and unfortunately, it's the one that's the the deciding deciding you know play of the game. One pitch, one swing, worse than Maryland. I, I did I did send this out uh, during the during the lightning delay though, Rico. Before we get to break and, and bring on Connor Onion of the Big Ten Network. So while we had time during the lightning delay. I was like, let's let's just go ahead and start a Twitter thread of throwback Nebraska baseball players. Yes. And so I, I started with Cash Kalkowski. Great name. And so we have about a minute left here. Go through it. And I'm going to go through some of these. And you're more than welcome. 402-464-5685, the Honda Vick and Hotline, the Starter Heyman text line. Throw some names To out. throw some Nebraska baseball throwback names out into the text line. And, like and we'll go ahead and name them. Who was yours? I don't know. I looked it up. Uh, let's see. Kip Gross. Yep. That's a good one. I saw the name um, and I thought, I like that name. So, I, once again, I started with, I started with Cash Kalkowski. Um, Evan Bland of the Omaha World Herald hits him with a Ben Miller. He was the first baseman. We have Jabba Chamberlain, uh, Ken Harvey, Tanner Lubach, Darren Erstad, 
Um, got a Johnny Dorn on the text line. Johnny Dorn's a good one. That's a good one. So shout out to ShockDog21 for that one. Um, for some reason, not all the replies are popping up on my on oh, my no. tweet deck, so I have to go. I had I had a good number of uh, of folks chime in there on was it. A decent, I saw that. So I think there were there was a good number of folks here. So sixty three people threw in a, a name on here. Brian Dunson, uh, Michael Pritchard was a good one. Oh. Michael Pritchard is a guy that we didn't. I, I forgot about. Um, I also was talking to a buddy. Because I, I left the press box during the lightning delay because I had a couple buddies at, at Charles Schwab Field. And we were doing this. We were running through some some throwback names for us. And we thought about um, Ryan Bolt, who was the outfielder. He got drafted by the Tampa Bay Rays. Oh. He, bat, he batted leadoff for Nebraska. Um, you say Tanner Lubach? Tanner Lubach was already in there. Uh, Brian Rodaway, Dan Johnson. I, you can go through a couple of the NF, or the Major League Baseball guys. Jake Diekman is on there. Kyrie Cooper. Kyrie Cooper's a also good one. A football player. That's right. That's right. Uh, somebody commented Jake Myers, Josh Rader, who is now on the Salt Dogs. Josh Rader. Mm-hmm. Um, he spent some time in the New York Yankees, uh, tra- you know, minor league system. Let's see. We had Cody Ashey, Ken Harvey, as I mentioned, Scott Schreiber. So there, there's some there's some good ones that that were thrown in on the Twitter thread, um, and if you want to add yours, just head over to to my Twitter Nick underscore Sainert, and then I think Rico also retweeted it, so it works out yeah. well. Um, Angelo Altavilla, he's now in the American Association. That's your guy. That is my guy. I have a video of him <laughs> saying "Go Big Red" on my phone. Uh, Waterboy says Aaron Polensky. Polensky's tearing it up in uh, the minors with the Yankees still, I believe, is who he's with. Chase B says IDKY, but the pitcher with the last name Roach from a couple years ago always sticks to my brain. Trevor Roach? No, no, no. no, no, no. Yeah, I know who they're talking about, but I don't know his first name. Chance Roach. There it is. Uh, yeah, Chance Roach. Yep, he had a nice uh, nice mustache. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could throw it just looking at pitchers like Kyle Kubot's in there as well. Kyle Kubot. Aaron Bummer is a good one. So is this the um, second time I said Joe Simakitis? Simakitis. There it is. Yeah, he says probably butchered the spelling. We probably we may have butchered the name as yeah. well, but um no, there's there's a lot of good ones out there. Uh so feel free if you want to just keep adding up to the to it, you can go ahead and tell us. Jackson Hallmark says Waterboy. His favorite husker ever. Yeah, so there's some good ones out there. Let's go ahead and head to break. When we come back, we're going to be joined by Connor Onion, a play-by-play broadcaster for the Big Ten Network. He's actually been in Omaha uh, doing some of the games. He and he and Kevin Kugler are splitting the time as the play-by-play duties for the baseball games up in Omaha for the Big Ten Tournament. So we'll we'll talk a little Huskers. We'll talk a little bit of uh, Big Ten Conference, but then a lot of bigger, bigger picture stuff as well when it comes to uh, Big Ten baseball and, and maybe even throwing a little football as Connor uh, dabbles in that as well. So we'll be joined by Connor Onion coming up next here on Happy Hour 93.7 The Ticket. Follow Nick and Enrique on Twitter at Nick underscore Sainert and at Radio Rico AC. More of Happy Hour is next on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.